Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Bienvenidos. Welcome, everyone, to Mihinte on Air, our last show of 2021. Can you believe it? I hope everyone had a beautiful Christmas. It's been quite a year. I guess like every year when we look back, we, we always say that, and I think 2021 was better than 2020, but still the times we live in are difficult. I feel very fortunate that I have had this opportunity to present Mi Gente on Air each week, to have that voice, to be able to be at the table on WSGW and bring awareness to the listeners from a different lens, a lens sometimes that doesn't always have a platform, but Here we are celebrating a year since we started Mi Gente on Air, and I feel pretty darn lucky. I've had some awesome guests on the show, 45 episodes since we started in November of 2020. From actors and producers to Tejano superstars to local leaders, it's been really memorable for me. And on today's show, I wanted to look back at some of the shows produced, a kind of look back at my most memorable recuerdos, and I just thank you the listeners, for tuning in each week, and maybe you caught some of these shows and maybe you didn't, but hopefully you will continue to listen and wish me the best as we venture into 2022. Wow, 2022. So the first show we look back on is the first show, the premiere, and I I laugh when I hear it now because I'm so green, I'm nervous as heck. And many of you don't know, but I am a Spex Howard graduate class of 1990. So when asked to do this show, I had to really reach back 30 years and uh, polish my skills as far as being on radio. So would I know what to do? I questioned myself. It's been years. So what you hear first in this look back segment is my nervousness as a talk show host. Can you believe it? Larry Rodarte, a talk show host. And here you're listening a year later. So let's look back at that first premiere show. Welcome to Mejente on Air on WSGW with your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, mi gente, my people. I'm Larry Rodarte, your host here on Mi Gente Air. This is a new program, new public affair program on WSGW, and uh, we are going to be talking about Hispanic culture, Hispanic contributions, and uh, concerns for our community. And I just want to say I'm really thrilled. I am honored to be asked to be the host of this program and to have a continuing arm of uh, Mi Gente, the magazine, which uh, I've been publishing for the last 25 years in the community. So thank you uh, to WSGW and the higher-ups that have asked me to bring out this program for a different point of view and to encourage people to engage uh, from the Hispanic community more and to have a dialogue with uh, leaders in the community as well as people throughout um, uh, our community and the nation that may want to uh, call in and interview and have a dialogue that is pertaining to our community that makes us a little bit more uh, present in our daily lives here in the Great Lakes Bay region. So 
<laughs> so there you have my first premiere show, just a, a snippet there. And, you know, it's it's funny when I think back because it was November 15, 2020, and, you know, our shows have been, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the, the pandemic that we're living in because here we were, you know, in the, in the first few months of this pandemic that we thought we were going to be out of. At least I did. I thought, you know, when it hit, well, maybe two months and, you know, we're going to have to wear the mask and, you know, wash our hands, do everything that the CDC was recommending. And here we are almost 22 months, I believe. Chad, you, would, you, would you say 22 months? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty close. My, my producer here, Chad, uh, you know, he's with me here tonight. And, you know, it's it's funny because as we look back and we look at these shows, and that's what this show is here about tonight, there's just the, the central uh, dominating uh, topic, and it's been that pandemic. And so I, I don't want to reflect too much uh, on that, but... It's in the backdrop of everything that we've talked about, and it affected from when we talk with different uh, artists in the area that came to Saginaw or were in Texas, the Tejano artists, what have you. The pandemic has been in that backdrop. And I know that uh, my uh, second show that I'm choosing tonight to look back at, um, Sadie Lopez, she, she was an artist. Um, she's a actress, an artist who has been in so many memorable movies that have had Hispanic themes from Mi Familia to Selena the movie and then she the reason why we were interviewing her in 2020 was because she was starring in Selena the series so she really had come full circle as an artist so many years later 25 years later and Selena had, had been in the theme of her acting career as it has uh, Selena has been uh, a star who has continually her her star has risen through the years since she had passed in 1995. And so Selena, you know, really has played a big part of Hispanic lives. And now as we are in 2021, we've only seen that star rise and she has crossed over into non the non-Hispanic market. You're seeing so many uh, non-Hispanics who are knowing her music, dancing to her music, and it's it's a beautiful thing. And Sadie Lopez and I talked a little bit about that, but I was so thrilled to have this actor from Hollywood on Mi Gente On Air, and this was in, I think, the first or... I think it was December 15th, 2020, so it's been about a year. And she was so cordial. She was so nice. And to know that um, she took the time to be on my show... And I, I mentioned a little bit about some of her more famous characters in movies. It just really was a thrill. And I'm so happy that Sadie uh, is continually having success in her career. And she's starring in shows 25 years later. And she's just a wonderful human being. So let's listen to my show from December 15th with the actress Sadie Lopez. And I want to welcome wholeheartedly with lots of love, Miss Sadie Lopez. Hello, Sadie. Hi. Hi, how are Hi, you? Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. You know, we are so excited because you are at this moment in your career where things are happening big time and coming full circle. So I'm, I'm sure you're so busy with the uh, uh, marketing and the interviews for Selena, the series, 
And here you are with us on taking the time to be on Mi Gente on air. So thank oh, you no, so much. I appreciate it. I love what you do, and I appreciate you having me. Yes. You know, we have uh, been so fortunate through the years, and, you know, it's kind of like a trajectory of your career to see these roles that you have played in, you know, starting with your breakout role with Mi Vida Loca. Everybody remembers Mousy. I'm talking to Mousy, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is, this is, this is big time here, you know? And, and we're excited. And not only did you go on and, you know, play in the Selena movie, and you played in Mi Familia, which was groundbreaking. I mean, that was a groundbreaking film. And, um, and the, you know, nobody can forget that moment at the dance when you were dancing with Isai Morales. Do you remember that? Yes, with the knife, with the with blade the knife, in my hair. With the knife in your hair, you pulled that out like, <laughs> like a gangster. That's that was Sadie Lopez, and, and uh, how many remember that to our listeners? And uh, it was such a, a moment where we all said, "Yep, that happened. That happened back in the day." You know, that was Grandma. That's how she used to. Uh, you know, they would go to the dances and they would have the knives in their hair. So, but yeah, I I must have had like three cans of Aquanet that day on my head. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's, that's what I want to talk about today on this show, you know, is, of course, we're going to talk so much about Selena and this role that you have here in the series, but I, I want to go back and talk about these roles that you have played that have been so memorable for all of us, especially in the Latino community, you know, with these, these great movies that have been the, the, the film track of our lives, really, you know, and um, today... We are so happy that you have come full circle. And what I mean by that is that you played in Selena the movie in 1997, yes. and now yes. you're in Selena the series. You're probably the only yeah, actor that has done this, right? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's definitely come full circle. Um, it's amazing, it's amazing because I was in my early 20s when I worked on the movie. And um, sadly, Selena had just passed um, when we worked on the film. And so the energy was a little bit different. You know, she, um, a lot of people knew who she was, but she still hadn't crossed over to the point where she is now, like to the point where, you know, she's become like, such a huge icon and like you mentioned earlier all over the world you know not just here in the states or even just with the latino community and it's beautiful um you know it's beautiful that she got to reach that and that and that she she's such an inspiration and she's so so special um mm -hmm. and so to have the opportunity to visit the quintanilla family story in my 20s and then you know, for life to bring me back, you know, these many years later and to come in um, as a mother um, is, is just amazing. It's just amazing. Um, and it is different, you know, because now I'm a mom. I have two teenagers. Right. So, so to come into the story with that perspective, it was almost like looking at my own childhood because I was born in 71. So I remember those times. I remember the hairstyles and the clothes and the music and the energy and the rhythm. Um, and that, that's another beautiful thing about our show, I feel, is that you get to kind of 
time travel and experience all of that through our show oh, and yeah. you know kind of remember the those times and the and the music and the nostalgia of, of um that period and um so yeah it's been very very special wow sadie lopez she really gave us some good insight to not, not only her career but hollywood in general and it was a special interview especially for me because i've really admired her as an actress for so many years you know and i use actor and actress interchangeably just because uh times have uh, said that we're supposed to say actor to some of the actresses out there but some prefer still actress some don't really care but looking back like she said it, it was you know, special to her, her career, looking back at all those uh, movies from Mi Familia to Mi Vida Loca and to Selena the movie, of course, which, you know, propelled her to uh, to be a, a star. And I, I really admire that she took the time to give me a call from Hollywood and to be on Mi Gente on Air. So that was really, really a special show. And I hope that if you haven't seen Selena the movie, we got to talk to the producer, uh, Jaime, as well, uh, and... He gave me some insight as well about the show, Selena, the, the, the series, and it was really special last year. already been a year since it uh, debuted, and um, if you haven't seen it, tune in to Netflix. It's still on there, and it's been one of the top-rated shows um, when it came out, when it debuted, and it, it continued to be popular on the Netflix uh, channel. So let's uh, move on to our next number three show that we look back Recuerdos, and it is with the Tejano superstar, Michael Salgado. And many of you know that Michael has been to the Saginaw area several times. He's really been down to earth with the, our community. And in this interview, he talked a little bit about re remembering when he um, was the highlight for 2009, the Cinco de Mayo celebration that brought back Cinco de Mayo to the forefront in our community. And I think... I mentioned in this interview that Michael Salgado was uh, really uh, instrumental with doing that to make sure that our Cinco de Mayo continued here in the Great Lakes Bay region in Saginaw. So let's listen to the interview. I think it was in February, right after the storm that hit Texas, to Michael Salgado, the Tejano superstar. And, and we had Michael Salgado in 2009 for the uh, 30th annual Cinco de Mayo. And at that time, the Cinco de Mayo was really uh, struggling to keep afloat. And I remember we had Michael. He was in the parade. We were so excited about that. And Michael and I then went to the island where the, festi the festivities were with the festival and all. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that, Michael, because that was really something for us Latinos in Saginaw at that time. And, and you got off of my van. I remember we were in or my truck. And we stepped out and... Tell me what you thought when you saw the crowd that was there at the Ojibwe Island in Saginaw. Well, I remember, it's like, like I told you, that it was kind of like San Antonio, you know, and, and what I've experienced out here in San Antonio. So, so you know, it was just the crowd was, you know, they were, that's what I love about the crowd up in north. You know, they, they really love the music. They're hungry for the music out there. And, you know, I think that, you know, nothing to take away from Texas I think that they have it so much here <laughs> that yeah. sometimes they, they take it for granted a little, you know. But but I think what I've experienced when I've been up north, up there with you guys, it's just the crowd is so, so excited. 
and so you know they just really enjoy the music they're performing and so you know that that's kind of what i saw when when i was out there you know in the parade and and everybody was saying hi and 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 just you know so happy out there to to see a, a performer that they love and and so it was it was a great experience for me yeah yeah it, it was a it was really pivotal in the whole uh, history of the Cinco de Mayo here in Saginaw. And I think really single-handedly you kind of saved our Cinco de Mayo in 2009. And we went on to celebrate the 40th uh, Cinco de Mayo in 2019. And then of course the pandemic came. And so uh, we had, we've had to cancel the last two years, but when this is all done, this pandemic is over. We definitely want to have you back in Saginaw. Maybe you can come and celebrate with us for Cinco de Mayo in 2022. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> that would. That would. I, I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, it just, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, like like you're saying, you know, it, it's going to be really nice when we can kind of go back to normal. And, and, and you know, because I remember when the pandemic was really strong and, and just being able to, actually you know do a little bit with with was you know was was great but you kind of once the pandemic came in you know you kind of lose all those things and the things you take for granted you know simply going yes. out to the store or going to eat or or things like that and then i remember when the storm was here here recently you know that when it finally passed to go outside in a sunny day it was like you know great as well uh so you know it's been it's been quite a quite an experience um in 2020 and then the earlier part of 2021 so hopefully this year will be uh, so here we are end of 2021 and that interview took place in march of 2021 and we don't know what 2022 will bring and i I don't think we take it for granted anymore uh like we did uh, pre-pandemic, but I'm really going to work uh, to bring the single de Mile back to our community with my role as the operation manager at the Union Civica Mexicana. I think it's really important that we do have the single de Mile this year, because if we don't, then that would mean that we had no Cinco de Mayo for three years. We didn't have it in 2020, of course, because of the height of the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't have it this year in 2021. And so if we don't have it in 2022, that would be three years. And I've talked with a number of people and everybody says, yeah, have it no matter what. But, you know, we we just don't know what this winter's going to bring with this pandemic. And we don't know where we're going to be in the spring but if you look at the time frame, Cinco de Mayo is only less than six months away. Six months. And, you know, that's going to be really difficult to try to pull that off. But I think it's important to our community, to our culture, to our, our mentality as a people of Saginaw in the Great Lakes Bay region that we continue to have our festivals, our diversity, and that we celebrate even in the midst of a pandemic. So, si Dios quiere, I hope that we will be able to have our Cinco de Mayo. And, man, I want to thank Michael Salgado all these months later for uh, bringing that to the forefront in his memorable time in 20, 
2009 when he uh, highlighted the Cinco de Mayo. And my, my next uh, performer that we interviewed in July, July, the week of July 4th, we had Stephanie Montil. She was coming to the area July 14th, and it was a um, really special performance. And again, we had a Tejano superstar within our midst, and along with her husband, Gabriel Zavala. It was such a special show. It was so memorable, and it was our first dance back at the Union Civica Mexicana after being shut down and isolated for all those months. This is in 2021. I'm talking not 2020. This was 2021, uh, July 14th. Stephanie Montil came, and she performed, and she sang her heart out. I want my listeners here to hear a little bit about that special interview with Stephanie Montil. Genre. Welcome to Mi Gente on Air, Stephanie Montil. Stephanie. Hey, Mary. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting um, me and, of course, Gable to be on the show. We're, we're super excited and, um, you know, excited to be out in your area. It's been a long time, so we're really, really looking forward to it. Yes, and it's been, you know, I want, I want to tell my listeners, I met Stephanie Montil back in 1998. She's not going to have any recollection, recollection, <laughs> recollection of this because she meets so many people. But in 1998, in the press room at the Tejano Music Awards, and you had on, I believe it was a purple lavender jumpsuit, and um, you were dynamic, your performance and all, at that uh, Tejano oh, Music Awards. You. But it, it's been so many years, and you were just coming off of uh, uh, some of the hits, the early hits, and... Mm-hmm. I I look back and I'm like, wow, she's been doing this all these years since what? 1994 was your first major hit, right? Yeah, early 90s, and we, you know, we kind of came on the scene. Uh, I'm originally from New Mexico, so I moved to Texas uh, because I loved the music so much. I had grown up on Tejano music. My father was a musician, and and they played a lot of Tejano, and so you know, I really just was introduced to it at a very early age and I just I fell in love with it and I knew that you know the Hanum music is what I wanted to do and and I wanted to move to Texas because I wanted to be in the middle of it all and so uh yeah we released that first album and you know we haven't looked back since it's been trekking along <laughs> yes yes and I, I want uh, my listeners to listen to one of her very first hit Celos which was is major, and every t- every time I hear this song, Stephanie, it takes me back to my youth, and it makes me uh, just joyful to be on the dance floor and to hear you singing this because it, it's to me it's a very unique sound. It's a very happy song, and I want you to tell us about that a little bit after we hear it. I want my audience to hear a sample of Celos. Cuando miras a otra chica tengo celos Celos de tus manos cuando abrazas a otra chica tengo celos I hope you enjoyed that little uh, snippet from uh, Stephanie Montiel. It was a great concert. She gave a great performance. And I just want to let you know that um, we are going to do our best to bring some more artists to the area after, you know, we kind of open up a little bit more than what we are right now in this current state in December of 2021. So I hope in 2022 we will be able to do that safely. And I want to really encourage everyone to still 
uh, you know, wear your mask and, and be prudent and, uh, you know, wash your hands and let's try to get through this pandemic again. So I hope you're enjoying my Recuerdo show on Mi Gente On Air and we will be right back in a few moments. You're listening to Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you are enjoying this segment of Mi Gente On Air. This is the 46th episode of this show that is produced here at the WSGW Studios Alpha Media. And I am your host, Larry Rodarte. And I feel very blessed that I am able to bring Mi Gente On Air to the listeners every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. I'm really lucky because I get to interview some amazing people and I never thought that in my career as a journalist that I would be sitting here in a radio studio late at night and that I'm able to do this show. Even though I feel like I'm uh, not very good at it, I'm able to bring the awareness to the greater community. And, And what I mean by that is that Although we target this show to Latinos in our community, in the Great Lakes Bay region, I think that it brings an awareness of our contributions to the greater community. It brings an awareness of who we are as a people, meaning the the Latinos in the Great Lakes Bay region. It tells them a little bit about our culture, and we talk like about menudo, patitos, because I'm a cook, I'm a chef part-time over at the Union Civica Mexicana. And we also, you know, we talk about our, our, you know, our contributions that sometimes doesn't get enough, I think, attention in the greater community. And so I'm, I'm really happy that I'm able to do this, and I feel really fortunate and very lucky, blessed. And I hope that you will continue to listen as we start our second year, if you will, in 2022. And I've said in the show earlier about that the pandemic has been in the backdrop of every one of these shows, it seems like, and I'm really, you know, tired, but it's tired of it, but it's important that we do talk about it. And in one of my more special shows in 2020, uh, 2021, actually it was, um, I had our beautiful performer, Roxanne Chantaka, who is a vocalist and she's a teacher at Arthur Hill. And she's selling, uh, you know, items of Mexican heritage online. She does all kinds of things. And I had her here here in the studio. She was actually my first in-studio guest after the shutdown um, in March of 2020. But we had her, I think, uh, must have been, um, gosh, maybe a year later. And we talked about how she is being asked to perform at so many funerals. And at one point she talks that she had to perform at 12 different funerals in a time, a small time period, because, you know, we, we've seen so much death. We've seen so many friends and family pass in 2020 and 2021 from the COVID-19 pandemic. So I want you to listen to Roxanne Chintaka in my interview, that special interview where she actually performs. Fortunately, you have been asked to sing at several funerals as of late, and mm-hmm. yet your voice 
you know, like I said, has been that calming voice. And it's so comforting to the listeners and to the families of those who have lost someone and have asked you to sing at their relative's funeral. How has that changed you or your preparation and performances? Wow, good question. Because um, honestly, since, sept- since September, I was counting. I, I've done 12. And I was looking and, you know, take them take them seriously. And, and I, I, I do put my time and effort into preparing for those because I want to do uh, my absolute best that I can to honor the memory of the special person. And um, lots of times families will say, I want you to do this song or can you sing this song? And if it's a song I don't know, I will do my best to learn it quickly because I know it's something special. And so um, it was really, really nice. A couple weeks ago, someone came up to me at a funeral and said, I just, you know, I want to tell you that you, when you sing, you bless a lot of families and you give them that peace during this difficult, difficult time. And so that was just an amazing compliment. And I thank her for saying that to me because, you know, I'm human. It's emotional, but I'm also, I'm there to deliver a song and deliver the message of the song and do the best possible that I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I said, unfortunately, be- mm-hmm. and I'm saying, unfortunately, because, you know, the backdrop of that is that we've lost someone, yes. but, you know, is there any time in the say since March that there's been happy occasions that you have sang? Um, since last March, well, I think Carmen. When Carmen turned one hundred, Carmen Lopez turned a hundred years yes, old. Yep, yep. We we've done um, some singing, serenading from the lawns for people, and that came about with um, brainstorming with uh, Frank Medell Jr., who does a lot of our uh, booking of gigs and things like that. But we we said, what can we do? So Mother's Day, we did. We we said, let's do some um, serenades from the driveway, from Mm. the front lawn. And that Mother's Day turned into three days of nonstop performing all around Saginaw and just um, bringing joy to people. And it was a nice gift to give for people to give their moms, their grandmas, their aunts, and and it was beautiful. So that and Hispanic Heritage Month, we did do some outdoor things for that. Yes, yes. And I remember you singing uh, uh, for B, for toi, uh, Jim Hyman's mother, for Mm -hmm. her, what was her 90th birthday as well, and uh, Hermoso Cariño. I mean, that that just touched my heart. And when I watched that video of you at the Mount Olivet Cemetery that I think Frank Medell had posted and something just really touched my heart because, yes, you were singing there um, and comforting the Serrato family, you know, with the passing of Mary Lou from COVID. Yet I felt that you were singing to the world, and it was a, a voice that gave us such comfort in these peril. These, like I said in the beginning of the show, the winter of peril that mm-hmm. President Biden had talked about. Because you know, every week we come on here and we talk about the COVID-19 virus and the vaccines or what have you, because it's such a big part of our lives today. And that's just in the backdrop of so many other, uh, whether it's political or racial issues that are affecting us on a day-to-day basis. And I just feel that, that, that when I watched that, I was so touched because here you were standing all alone out there in this cemetery. You were in the backdrop of, of what was going on there at her uh, burial spot. But you were there, and you were singing from your heart. And I think it was more than just singing 
uh, for Mary Lou, even though that's the reason you were there, you were singing to the world. And I really want to encourage everybody to watch that video if you get a chance, because it is so touching and it's so beautiful. And you were singing uh, with a tape that Frank was providing. But I wanted to ask you, Roxanne, could you sing us a little bit of that song today here in the studio? Sure, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I'll I think share, I share think, a little bit of that. I think this is such a treat for our listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Miss Roxanne Chintaka. Yo te extrañaré. Tenlo por seguro. Fueron tantos bellos y malos momentos que vivimos juntos. Los detalles Las pequeñas cosas, lo que parecía no importante, son los que más invade mi mente al recordarte. Ojalá pudiera devolver el tiempo para verte de nuevo, para darte un abrazo. Y nunca soltarte, más comprendo que llegó tu tiempo, que Dios te ha llamado para estar a su lado, así él lo quiso. Ah, just one of the most touching songs I've I've ever learned, yes. I think. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I'm even emotional here in the studio because <laughs> it just... It just speaks to our hearts as as a people, as a community. And can you translate what those words mean? Sure. Um, Yo te extrañaré, as I will miss you. And it just speaks of the beautiful memories that um, you had together with someone and how if you just wish you could have that one more moment, just one more hug, one more, um, just that time together. You know, it was such a beautiful interview with Roxanne and remembering all those people we have lost and since that interview we've lost so many more and it just was really important for me to have that show because I had seen her sing that song out at a cemetery and it just really touched my heart and so I I, I hope that you enjoyed that again as we replay that part of Roxanne Chantaka our Arthur Hill High School teacher who is such a gem in our community. So I'm so glad that we were able to uh, bring that to the listeners again because I thought it was one of the more memorable episodes that we've had here on Mi Gente on Air. And the interview with Paul Chavez, Paul Chavez, after the inauguration of Joe Biden as president, was also so special. His father was the American hero Cesar E. Chavez, and the significance of President Joe Biden having a bust of Cesar Chavez in his Oval Office really signified a new day after the the Trump administration years. It was a dawning of the new day and hope for many Latinos because Cesar Chavez, even in death, you know, for over 20 some years, still brings us hope. And Dolores Huerta as well as those those farm workers, uh, union labor leaders. And for Biden to step out and actually have that bus in his Oval Office, 
it just spoke volumes to who we were getting as our president. And yes, I voted for Biden. And I'm proud to say that because I, I think that there is still hope. I know everyone talks about, well, well, look what he's done in this last year or whatever. Look at the gas prices. And, you know, he hasn't even been in office a year. And yet um, that's just how any administration um, is looked upon, I think. I don't think any administration is perfect. I don't think that uh, any past administrations that we have had uh, had f- very favorable uh, re- uh, reviews in their first year. And I think it's it's just something that comes with being the president. And, and, you know, we are a polarized nation. And half of the nation didn't vote for Biden and half did. And, you know, it, it just it's just where we are. But I hope that everyone will still give him that chance to be the president that we're hoping for because we as a country we need to be hopeful and to look forward adelante right we need to make sure that we are good stewards as americans as john f kennedy says ask not what you can do for your country remember that whole speech well i wasn't alive at the time but at least i have that hope and when i interviewed paul chavez he you know exemplified that hope as well when he spoke about his father. So please listen to the interview with Paul Chavez right after the inauguration of President Joe Biden. To me was uh, such a pivotal moment in the history of our nation because we had gone through a crazy time with the election and then for Biden to come into prominence and become our president And for him to have that bus there, it meant so much to probably Latinos throughout the nation. I know I was so excited. It like um, it just felt like uh, almost like a vindication of all the work that we were doing in terms of getting President Biden into the the White House. But I was just so thrilled. So I I know how I mean, I can't even imagine how it would have been for your family (laughs) to see that at that time. Well, you know, for us, uh, when we saw it, uh it really did represent the dawn of a, of a new day. You know, the past four years had been a terrible time where we've seen the increase of intolerance and, and uh, you know, and just kind of scapegoating uh, immigrants for, for a lot of the ills that this nation has. And, and to see the, the, the bus there uh, to us signified that, that it, was a, it was a new day, it was a new administration. And, and, um, and so, you know, we were, we were excited. But, you know, the other thing, too, though, Larry, that I saw – uh, and as I spoke to people, I think what that, what that, um, what the placement of that bus did was that it validated, uh, yes. for generations of Latinos. Yes. I'm talking about recent immigrants and people that have been here five and six and seven generations or longer. It validated the worth and the contributions of Latinos, uh, throughout this country. And so we were very excited uh, to see that and you know and we're even more excited to see the ongoing work that the president has done so we're uh, we're very happy with uh, with the placement of the bus but even more happy with the introduction of new legislation that will help dreamers and farm workers uh, become uh, legalized absolutely absolutely mr chavez i i wanted to ask you about your upbringing uh, with your father of course everybody must ask you that but the lessons he taught you um because i know that Paul Chavez was such an inspiring man because he exemplifies the teachings of his father. He said he he remembers he didn't listen so much when he was young, but he sure wishes, you know, that he uh, listened 
more to his father when he was a young man, but uh, now listens to some of the speeches and the words, and he's truly inspired, and he inspires us today in the work that he's doing out there in uh, Delano, California, where his father is buried. Uh, Cesar Chavez died in 1993, but he continues to inspire uh, Latinos everywhere because of the work that he has done the the civil rights um, issues as well as you know for the migrant workers and Bobby Kennedy went out there and we can all remember that famous scene where Bobby Kennedy visits Cesar Chavez while Cesar Chavez was on a twenty some day fast and was uh, failing in his health but he went on to great things and um, he was with us until nineteen ninety three and he is still with us in our hearts and Paul Chavez is continuing his work so you know here we are at the end of year show and we, we just had our Christmas with Angels event over at the Union Civica Mexicana this past week where we gave over 40 families uh, gifts for their children, those who were in need, uh, who may have had harder times than uh, some. And these local Latino leaders raised over $15,000 to accomplish this in the fifth annual Christmas with Angels event. And I'm real proud to say that uh, I'm a part of that group. And it seems to me that many people were generous, more generous than previous years. And I think it had to do with this whole time that we're living in, you know, the, the hardships that everybody who um, is living today is having and, and, and they're aware that, you know, we're all kind of uh, suffering through this pandemic. And here we are again talking about the pandemic. But the gift of giving is so important, especially during the Christmas holiday. And so hats off to all those uh, local Latino leaders and all the sponsors. There were so many sponsors that gave money so that we could put this event on and that we could give the gift of giving to these children. And, and you know, it just warmed my heart to see some of these children get so excited. And I remember back um, many years ago, and I'm talking in the late 60s, and I can remember the late 60s, when they used to have um, kind of a similar event um, at the Shriners Club that was next to the Temple Theater. And between the Temple Theater and the Saginaw Club, there was the Shriners Club. And they would put on an event where they would have Santa Claus come out, and they would have all these gifts that they would give out to children. And there was a big uh, uh, nativity scene mural, I think, that I can remember. I, I'm in, I'm, you know, I'm a child at this point. I think I was like three to four years old. And I think still the Morley, pl- uh, the Morley um, building was up, you know, that uh, where they had the display windows of for Christmas, because I remember seeing those as well. That was that was a big thing for our family uh, to drive over there and to take a look at those uh, displays that were so beautiful, kind of like New York, New York City and Rockefeller Plaza and Morley. How, how many of you actually remember that, the Morley uh, this Christmas display? And, and so, you know, that's what reminded me this weekend when I participated in Christmas with Angels of that time in so many years later, I don't want to say 50, 55 years later, I guess, um, you know, we're doing it in 2021, and it's, it's, it's as important as ever. And so many are in need this day and age, just like probably all generations. But, again, we're in, in with that, that pandemic, and, you know, people are still getting sick, and we still have to be vigilant in making sure that we are not dropping our guard. And 
I want to promote the idea of getting vaccinated. Uh, I have many times on this show because it is important. And I want to, um, I want people to know that, uh, you know, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to, to be, uh, somebody who is knowledgeable as well as somebody who is giving a good performance on these shows. And I hope that if you are upset with me in any way, shape or form, because I do promote the vaccine that, you will reconsider <laughs> because it's it's that important as we move on. My last interview that I want to talk about is with Councilman, Saginaw City Councilman Michael Flores. And that was just the show last week, believe it or not. And Michael participated in the Christmas with Angels event. And he was there with us. He prayed with us. And I think he, he was really touched by what he saw in the fifth annual Christmas with Angels. So I want you to listen uh, to the interview, a part of the interview with City Councilman Michael Flores. So this yeah. is really important stuff. And, and I'm glad that you guys had the meeting over there at the church, yeah. um, King of Kings over on Washington, yep. Pastor Mary and Isaac Garcia. And we had that discussion because that put us at the table. A lot of Hispanic business owners were there. A lot of the African-American community was there. Yeah. Some were louder. Uh, some didn't get to uh, speak their piece. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was important because you had um, the mayor there. You had yourself and some of the city council members as well as the city manager. And, and those types of meetings are important. So that was on a Saturday during the U of M MSU yeah, game. Yeah. So if we get a full crowd there, you know how desperate people are to yeah. be able to come and be informed about how they can get help. It, it, people are like, "Oh, why'd you why'd you do it during that day?" It's like, you know, one, we, this is when we're available, but two, that shows you something that mm -hmm. people are really desperate for help. They know that it's possible, but they're just looking for guidance. I think that there's many council members that have done a great job uh, informing the public in total, not just myself. There's been, you know, Councilwoman Lamar Sylvia yes. is doing great work trying to get uh, people to write their own proposals so we can submit them to, to council. That's a, a, a project that she's doing. I'll post that on my Facebook page. Um, but and, there's other people doing great work. You know, what I found about that meeting that was so interesting was that so many people were so attentive mm -hmm. to what was happening there. They they yeah. knew that this was something important. They know it's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And they want to make sure that their voices are heard. And mm -hmm. that's what I think we need to see a lot more of in our community. And as you know, we talked about maybe some of the, the, the new narrative of the city council members who mm -hmm. are a little bit louder now. And you, and you mentioned it, it's part of the sign of the times we live in. Yeah. But I think it's so important that people of color, especially, mm -hmm. that they are, uh, their, their voice is being heard and, and, and in, a, in a professional mannerism. Yeah. And that, you know, they're, they're listened to by our government. You mm -hmm. know, it's so important because of the days that we have gone through and that we have lived. Yeah. And times are totally different. If we don't do it now... We're never going to do if it. If not us, then who? Haven't exactly. we heard this, Rob, recently on some of our shows? Yes, if have. not us, yes, indeed. then who? So, yes. Yeah. I want to mention, you know, that Michael Flores, Councilman Michael Flores, gave me the idea to have this show, Looking Back, Recuerdos of Mi Gente on Air, at the uh, Christmas with Angels event this last weekend. And so I thank you, Councilman Flores. I got to make sure I always say Councilman Flores instead of just Michael because he is my uh, friend, but 
I, I have to show that respect. But I admire your work, and I will be rooting for you as you continue to be the city councilman, and you have work to do as we as a community move forward, and we are at the table, and you are representing us, and I am so glad that you put your hat in the ring when you ran for the election in 2020. So I am really thankful that he did this show because I think, uh, or gave me the idea because I think it's been a good show. I think it's been different. And um, I'm really happy that uh, we were able to bring back some of these interviews. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm just thrilled that we're in our second year. And um, some of the most memorable shows in the first year of Mi Gente on Air were so special. And there were so many I could have picked. And I want everyone to know you can listen to past episodes of Mi Gente on Air as a podcast on Spotify or Apple Music, Google, Amazon Music, etc. All your, you know, your podcast platforms and anytime at your leisure on your cell phones. It really is a gift and a blessing to produce this show for our community, for Latinos. And although it's targeted to our raza, it really brings a sense of awareness for our non-Hispanics out in the community. Thank you for bearing with me for my attempts to sound professional, to sound informed. I try. I really do. I try, and I hope that you will continue to listen in 2022. We are living in hard times, people, and I wish you all a very safe and prosperous New Year. Wow, 2022. Can you believe it? See you next year. Until next time, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, bringing you Latino concerns, culture, and contributions. Muchísimas gracias. Hasta luego.